Welcome to Media Week's Heavy Hitters. Get up close and personal with some of the titans of the media industry. This episode is hosted by MFA Hall of Famer, Greg Graham, who hosts an intimate group chat with three of the top media agency CEOs in Australia. Welcome. We've got the heavy hitters of OMG. I can feel the heaviness in the room. Um, I'm not going to introduce you, but I thought I'd go around and ask you to introduce yourself and tell me something that isn't on your LinkedIn profile. There's no catches here, but is there something that's not on your LinkedIn profile? Hogs, I'll start with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a recent, well, a decade long uh, converted cycling tragic, and it's my ambition to cycle to every meeting I can possibly go to. So I promise not to turn up in Lycra, uh, but yes, <laughs> ride everywhere, not because I'm a sustainability nut, but uh, just because it's a good way to get around the city. Did you ride today or? If you're going to make a boast, you got to live it. So I ride here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. How do I follow that? Because I got an Uber. So um, <laughs> apologies. Um, my name's Laura Nice. I'm co-CEO of OMD. What isn't on my CV is, um, or my LinkedIn, sorry, that's very old school, isn't it? Um, is that I didn't actually want to work in media. I wanted to be an air hostess. Oh. Um, so Still in the service industry. Qantas is a client. Qantas. Vodka and orange flavor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Sean Whitnell, uh, co-CEO of OMD. Um, so this is on my LinkedIn, but you would see it as media assistant. But really, my first job in media was actually selling sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> How do you top that? I know. Yeah, it's really Come on, hard. Come on, Jane. Over to it's you. It's really hard. I was just thinking about Laura's, actually. Um, like, I I really wanted to work in Tesco's back home. Did Mr. you? Thing. A I a check I think it was just, yeah, it was the just scanning. scanning, which was um, which was interesting. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm Jane Stanley. I am, I am, I should have said that first, shouldn't I? Uh, CEO of Hearts and Science. Um, other LinkedIn, I actually make gin on the side. Oh, I like that. So you I've kept, gone from a really small, I know, <laughs> a small still to a still now that is taking up most of my garage. Oh, I love that. I feel a special brew road coming trip, on, though. Trip. Yeah. A road trip, <laughs> a special distillery. should have some, should have bought some. Uh, I'm Mark Jarrett, CEO of PhD. Um, firstly, fascinated that if there's that much gin available, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Um, uh, probably what's not on my LinkedIn is I often, I don't know why I get uh, accused of being uh, overly competitive, which I, I just don't understand. <laughs> but um, what's, on, what's not on there either is that unfortunately, on a number of occasions, I've failed to prove that getting a taxi is quicker than cycling across town. <laughs> 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 Thanks. Well, Thank you. Now, Hall, it's a very vital, important question. You were number one in the Media Week Power List. Where's your trophy? Was I? Oh, was I? Was I? So casual. I know, I know Cade's... Uh, he, t he said he had your... Hypothesising that it's under my pillow, but that's uh, that's a scurrilous slur. It's with, uh, it's, it's, it's with my uh, high school uh, long jump and uh, scouts wood, wood chopping medal in the trophy cabinet. Yes, yes. Pride of place. I love it. Okay, so do you believe it's halfway through the year? Are you guys... Exhausted, excited, inspired, like how are you feeling with like we're halfway through the year and is the market, what's your thoughts on the market? 
I'll start with you, Hog. Sorry, you're right there. <laughs> I'm right. Top, you're eyeballing me. Um, well, I, I think we're excited. We're I, last year was a sort of recalibration year. We're sort of getting used to being out and out and about again, and uh, and that that took a bit of adjustment. But we're we're fit for that now. So half halfway through the year, I think we're we're ex, we're excited by what's happening. Lots of change coming cu- coming into the market. Um, how's it holding up? It is slowing, you know. That's that's. There's no secret in that. I've, we've been saying since the start of the year that we'll know how deep, how long, uh, around about <coughs> September, when right. interest rate sort of has had a chance. Interest rate adjustments have had a chance to settle in, and uh, have their have their impact on discretionary spending. Um, I think our, our our surprise is, despite the obvious fall off on government spending, uh, most of the categories, uh, most of the discretionary categories, especially luxury, are holding up holding up surprisingly well. Awesome. Your thoughts? So I would say I'm optimistic. Um, I would say the biggest thing for us is how our people have shown up during a pretty tough year. Um, So we've had stability of our talent, but I think also the challenges that we're getting from clients are requiring our teams to really lean in and have much more robust challenges. It's not always kind of answering the brief, but actually challenging beyond the brief. Our teams do that really well. So there's obviously, you know, well, I'd say some budgets are reducing, not all, but some are. Um, and it's how we're putting the right measurement in place mm. to make sure that we're looking at the balance of brand and not shifting it all into performance. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's making sure that we're doing the right thing strategically and not falling into sort of short-term measures. I feel pretty energized, actually. Maybe it's the three coffees I had this morning, but at the same time... Or the thought of the gin. At the moment, energized because I've had no gin. But like, I think <laughs> largely it's because I think there has been a real shift in the conversations we're having with our partners. Like You actually, in most instances, you're having conversations that you've never had before. So elevated conversations, elevated or conversations, more sophisticated. It's elevated. Like we spent, if you think about COVID and the years before COVID, we were talking about digital transformation and helping people like build websites and like really starting from an infancy. The conversation shift to having the right capability, but it means that you're having different conversations with different people in organisations about how they unlock that capability and apply it to communications, which is really energising because. Quite honestly, it's it's none of this is linear and it is very different for each of the partners that we work with. It's similar to Sean, I think we've sort of talked a lot about the last few years, like none of us could have predicted what would have happened and the changes that would have happened. But the conversations again, the, the, they're growth conversations now. Good conversations, and, right? Good, growth good, conversations. Good conversations. <laughs> and what's been really interesting, I think, is the the change on the client side as well. I feel like marketeers now, you know, it's sort of like there's this massive shift that's going on client sides around marketeers actually starting to have more of a seat around the boardroom table around this because of what happened in COVID and how we had to adapt and be agile. And what's really interesting, I think certainly from our group perspective, is how we're at like we're at the coalface of that. We're having those conversations and we're not being defined by tight parameters around media. It is about business conversations and then how that actually reflects across the channels. So I, I totally agree. Before COVID, they, those were a little bit few and far between. Um, and you'd grasp them and they sort of came to you. But n- now they are. They're, they're part of the fabric of a client relationship, which is encouraging. And I'm excited about where that means to the to the industry longer term. 
Um, Mark, your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think the the broader picture is a really interesting one. So there was some uh, data just the last couple of days on U.S. and Canadian interest rates. So they, in the last two months, have dropped by. Um, uh, sorry, inflation rates have dropped by three, four percent, really quite rapidly. So I think if we see those um, inflation rates in the U.S. continue to drop um, and are mirrored elsewhere, um, we're actually going to see the potential for the recession that hasn't happened, not actually happening here. Um, and people who are really talking it down at the moment with some evidence of decline, but not a lot, um, changing their rhetoric and that confidence coming back. Um, you wouldn't have been able to say that two months ago, no, but awesome. the, the, the dip in inflation in those markets is going to be crucial for getting inflation under mm. control here, which is what's going to dictate where uh, media dollars go in terms of investment from clients. Now, we want to stay with you. Um, client issues. I mean, what do you? What's on top of their minds besides, or is it the economy, or how to be more effective, or better ROI? Yeah, what are the big client issues at the moment? Look, I think I mean, there's probably there's, 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 that's two very different questions because what's on top of their minds is uh, how we're going to make our numbers work this quarter and next quarter, uh -huh. um, which drives short termism. I think what's on top of their minds, uh, or I think what they're thinking about is how is that then going to affect where we are in six months, one year, and two years' time, because the um, the level of pressure that uh, clients are feeling that is being passed on to all of their partners, agency partners, and and so on, is really high at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I think that that drive to um, really deliver things in the very short term is going to then create more work for everyone um, in the medium term as well. I think it's like a client's mind. It's sort of a game of two halves going on. Sorry, football analogy there. Ready for tonight. World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, just, I, had, I had to slip that in. Be I, I, I think, you know, marketing's never been as close within organisations because of things like supply chain that, that obviously has been so prevalent in recent times. But then there are bigger conversations going on at the moment, like impact of AI, sustainability. So you can you can quickly pivot from the practical, as MJ's saying, the day-to-day, -day, you know, delivering into an AI conversation. To, to what, what does it mean in the next five years yeah. in terms of how AI can drive the business? So, you know, and, and that's exciting. Again, go back to what Sean was talking about. It's exciting to have those conversations. Yeah, you're having deeper, richer conversations that can can be flipping from one side to the other. Keeping clients ahead of it, I think, you know, from AI to regulation, sustainability, there's so much they're juggling yes. with and leaning on partners to being, be able to empower them with the knowledge to go back to their boards and say, this is our plan. Do you think they did it in the past or they're, they're relying more on you now? The best articulation I have is that we've got more partners who are working at two speeds. Right. Right. So people are really focusing and whereas really we've been able to historically focus on one speed, which is like the year ahead, it's all been quite relatively consistent bar the odd, you know, anom anomaly. I think what we have at the moment is you'll see it, and we see it a lot in the way that some of our teams are constructed and also the partner teams as well, which is really like they've got one team that's focused on the day-to-day -day and then the others thinking about the macro long-term and how do you build like the future of capability, the utilisation of AI? because 
for example, they're all grappling with the same thing. It's fundamentally more expensive to deliver business and supply chains and manage that right now. But if you take your eye off where you need to be running to in the future, those are the ones that are going to come a cropper kind of yeah, long term. So, and that's why the conversations are exciting because you kind of want to be able to deliver right now, but you also want to be thinking about next. And that's not necessarily always how we've always operated. Right. I also think you've got to have great talent, don't you think, or really smart. Yeah. I mean, I know you've got smart people, but to have those conversations <laughs> about now and then tomorrow, you know, it's a, the combo. And I think that's it as well. I was just thinking one of the observations I've made in the last 12 months is the shift of our own clients moving amongst different brands. And we're fortunate because we cover so many clients. When they leave one client, they tend to pop up somewhere else. It's a bit like whack-a-mole for the last 12 months. So you've got those relationships and you can build and evolve. They've just got different challenges and different clients. We're seeing people come up in different roles because they're leaning into those new capabilities. And then they're working with us in much more of a partnership than ever before. And I'd say that's the real shift now is our breadth of capability that we have as an agency group is so vast that we have the right talent. We do a lot of secondments to help work with our clients rather than it just be agency and client. And I think that line is becoming really, really blurred on so many more of our clients than I've ever seen before. It really is that kind of one team philosophy. And I think that respect and that kind of working to that common goal is becoming something that everyone's really getting behind and feeling really energized about that's it as great. well. That's great. That's so powerful. Absolutely. Within that, as it does get so so much more complex with so many pivotal areas that are, that we're working on for clients or they're, they're looking to us for support, it's, it's how you build those communities of expertise um, that centers of excellence within a business, but also a culture that the different agency, um, the different agency entities are happy to plug into uh, in, into those communities. That takes a while to uh, to evolve from the more sort of vertical structures vertical, that, that, yeah. have, uh, that have existed. You mentioned before, I think luxury is doing well, travel is doing well. Are there categories, because you have such a diverse category, auto. The most, saw, the which, mo- which, the most of The most diverse clients in Australia. Yes, thank you very much. Um, so which are the ones that are popping and then are others slowing down? I mean, could I ask for any specific examples? Because travel must be going bang and busters, right? The travel businesses, the, the airlines are doing well. It's, it, but that, that's a function of supply as much as, uh, as much as, and demand coming back, back on stream. It's still not, it's, it's still not at pre, uh, pre, pre, pre COVID levels, but no. the, but the financial, financials are strong and the comps are amazing. So, uh, um, the, the, the staples, the supermarkets, the, the FMCGs, QSRs are, are, are all strong. It's and then luxuries are strong. So it's it, it's kind of sort of weird combo, isn't it? Though Macca's is doing well, and so is luxury. The theory people don't really adjust their spending patterns until reality's gotten by the throat, which is why we sort of said, look, we'll know a lot more. We'll know a lot more in in September. But outside of government, which you know, which was propped up by so much spending through through, yeah, through the COVID, through yeah. the pandemic. So the you know the comps on that are, are obviously, and that's material, and that's you know that is that, that's having a whole of uh, whole of market impact. The 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 rest are defying logic in a lot of ways. Other thoughts across the group, because you really do have, you know, like literally great clients in every category. Yeah, I think I think what's quite interesting, more from a technology perspective, obviously, is think of investment has been made, particularly in terms of getting the foundational technology in place. And and I think there's a real focus around measurement at the moment. Um, you know, yes, it's always been there and we've always talked about it. But I think now there's a practicality that 
we're starting to get the tech in place to be able to do all of that from the client size and then obviously building out the capabilities that we've got, which we've been investing in for a number of years. And those are exciting conversations to be having all the time because if a client is in that short-term space, you've, you've got the tools and the technology to be able to kind of give the information back to optimize off the back of it, as well as build for the longer term. So those sorts of conversations are really great at the moment. We've been saying a long time, you know, a lot of the industry were talking about, you know, we need to move our relationship beyond the marketing fraternity. And we'd said from the get go that that's absolute rubbish, that our role is to empower marketers to win on two fronts, to make a business case internally for investment with solid metrics and KPIs around it and then, and then, and then deliver on, on, on that business case to help them win the argument internally. And then on the second front to help them win externally against, against their competitors. And yeah, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of our colleagues are now starting to sink, sink from that same hymn sheet, but going to clients with the data to be able to, to, to make that business case is incredibly empowering. And, and I think it's another reason why, uh, Omnicom, is out, outperforming the market with, it, with, with investment across our client base. Good point. How, how long have you been the leaders for? Is it two years? So talking about our anniversary. Yeah, when's What's your anniversary? Coming? Oh, lovely. I hope you're taking me <laughs> somewhere uh, nice. It's, um, yeah, it'll be two years in October. That's gone yeah, so it, incredibly that quickly. Was a, that, you've ruined the surprise. The, 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 <laughs> the cake, 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 was, cake was being baked. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, but no, I really... Right. That's incredible. Yeah. And you've had incredible success. So congratulations to Thank you. you. What has been the secret of that? Because so many people, and I think I may have been one of them, said those joint leadership things are tricky or they're hard to work. How come you made it work is my question. Yeah. How so, have you made it work? Because you have. Very, was initially, we're planners by nature, both of us. Uh, structure. So I think it's a bit like you've done speed dating and then you've jumped straight into a marriage. Okay. So you kind of, <laughs> you've, you miss this whole courting kind of phase. So the but only it's worked. Yeah, sure. Sean and, wanted to use the word foreplay before we came <laughs> 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 And she clearly this, chickened out. She had the sex toys in there she, she, early she, now. She she's trying, where there's are you thing, taking this conversation? We, we skipped the foreplay Oh, here, here she is. But like, <laughs> <laughs> this is how it so, works. But we started off with a really structured plan. Right, we were really clear about what, like, kind of what we would own, which was kind of clarity around clarity about the roles and responsibilities. <clears throat> it was very structured, even to the point of like these are these is the way that we're going to show up in conversations, and I'd be really articulate about how we're going to do that because you kind of need that in the kind of in the first phase of the partnership, um, <laughs> the marriage. Yeah, but then it's you kind of well almost two years in. That's like you've now found your natural rhythm, and you don't need that structure and rigidity. Yeah, and I'd say it has, it's become more natural, and more organic. I think the biggest thing is the attitude around it. And I think a lot of marriages don't work because um, <laughs> there's a lot of ego. Um, and I think that we almost had like a commitment to each other, which was ego has to be left at the door. Actually call each other out on it quite often or ourselves and go, I don't know if it's my ego, but I feel that this has happened in a certain way. So we have a really, really awesome. open and honest, like, relationship, I would say, in the sense that we've got to that point because we've said 
what's the vision for the business and how are we going to get there? And if there's anything that stands in the way, which is an ego or a conversation that we're having, we need to unpack it and have a conversation. And I would say that's probably been the success over the last And I think we've also really progressed in our use of emojis for communication. <laughs> <laughs> but Laura is a massive fan. I don't know whether to ask another question well, around what, what that. What do I Do I want to go there? If you there? don't want any direct feedback from Laura, she'll send you a broccoli emoji. So you can unpack that with her later. You can read into that how you like. Um, I think the other thing the is... The great communication, right? Yeah, exactly. Great communication through a broccoli. Um, I think the other thing is we're really aware of each other's strengths now. And so Sean's come from a product space and me more from a client's background. So I think we're really open about having those conversations and asking each other questions and knowing that the other person has a different perspective or view and then how does that come together always gives a good conversation and, and kind of gets us to think about things quite differently too. I knew that'd be nice say Sparrow, including even you. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I, I think, I think I was taking so long to make the decision about who it should be and having so much fun in the uh, in the temporary role that they came to me and went, right, this is, this is, <laughs> going, to be, this is going to be the structure. We've got, to, we've got to wrestle the raise back from you. And I, I just love the, 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 the clarity of the vision they brought, the, the, the segmentation of how the role was going to run together. I had a... I, I had a prior fondness from it in that I'd, I'd run that role with Lee 10, 10, yeah, 10 years enough. before yeah, and, yeah. and saw... Yes, there's complexities, but how you interrogate uh, specific challenges between you and work through a problem before you execute, I always, always found incredibly uh, powerful. And then just how it's unpacked, the way they run at, run at each other. It, it, it feels like a... a um, did I say run out? I meant run off each other. Run off each other. Uh, it feels it feels a very sustainable structure. I think they. Oh, it's awesome! I'm, congratulations! I think, but I, I think the only other piece that fundamentally it wouldn't work if we didn't have the team that we had. Like I think that has been a massive asset for us. We the have, quality of the talent is yeah, it's, it's the quality of the talent in the whole agency, but also specifically in the executive team. Like there, there has been so much support. And like so much support, um, guidance and collaboration. And I think fundamentally this wouldn't have worked if we didn't have the support of them, Hogs, this broader team as well. So like, that's 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 kind of what's got us here so far today. Now, Jane, you've had some changes. What are your thoughts on how Hearts and Sciences is going to be in the future. What are your yeah? How are you I, feeling? Well, we 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 set up in 2016 globally, and then 2019 we launched in Australia and New Zealand. So it's you know it is it's an entrepreneurial kind of setup all the time. You you, you you're building from grassroots up, and I still like. I remember when um, Omnicom first announced. Obviously, that uh, we were we were launching Hearts and Science, and I, I've, I'm more from a technology background. So for me, for me, the, you know, that whole vision about um, baking the science, going back to some of the things that Horse was talking about in terms of the investments that we've made from an MG perspective, but baking the science into the core of the agency, so it doesn't feel like it's like this thing like Tacked digital yeah. used to be or analytics. It's just like this thing on the side, like bringing that in. So the last, it's been since April last year that I took over Australia, obviously um, was, was across NZ before. It's been all about that. 
It's about bringing that vision to life and the decisions that you need to and you're make. On track. I mean, you feel yeah, happy with I, the progress. Absolutely. So, sort of some of the people that we're bringing into the business, how we're thinking about e- even sort of the structure of the organisation. For example, um, Darren Stein coming back in and doing a joint role across Analects, which is more of the analytics offering that we've got, and on Hearts starts to you know, operationalize that whole view that it should be baked into the agency rather than a thing on the side. So, you know, that vision, that core cool vision that was set up in 2016 is still still what I'm passionate about, uh, passionate about today. And that's everything that we're building at the moment. So, Mark, I always loved um, PhD's innovation, how you lead innovation and really, once again, do brilliant work. How do you feel? Are you on track? Are you excited for the next 18 months? What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely excited for the next 18 months. The focus on um, strategy and innovation is something that really works well for our clients. I mean, it works well for us in the marketplace. I think there's a lot of focus uh, on incrementality in the uh, uh, in the media world, especially because it's easy to measure incrementality and it's very difficult to measure innovation. Um, so look, we still need to work with our performance-based clients, be they ANZ, Virgin Australia, and others that need to um, uh, deliver in a performance space. That goes without saying, and so many people do a great job in that space. But focusing on the innovation can really drive um, massive returns for clients, um, and we've seen that awards are awards, but they are... Uh, an no, inter- I love awards. Well, awards are good. I mean, I'm, 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 Particularly when I'm they're not, based around innovation or in, Yeah, I mean, I'm not as results. excited about awards, but they are a really good barometer for seeing... Um, Especially uh, Media Week awards. Uh, oh, Media Week or MFA? <laughs> are, are we launching Media Week awards now? Is this, is this all a lead-up to launching Media no, Week? No, it was It's a good idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> Uh, there's some cash in there, yeah. Um, <laughs> Why not? But look, I, we, we've performed well in that space, which is really about performing well for clients in terms of um, uh, bringing their business to customers in a way that actually stands out, which is 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 such a challenge always. Now, I think it's, 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 an, it's an asset of the group that I, I think each of the agency brands have specific territory that they don't tend to encroach on each other, of course. Of course, there's areas where you, where you do, do, do bump into each other, but it's fairly well defined in, in terms of the turf and the, and the, uh, the, spa- the space they play in. And I think that again helps with that collaborative nature across the group, which is fairly unique, I think, within us, within our competitive set. Agree. Now, Mark, how would you describe your leadership style or could someone else describe your leadership style? No, we're not doing that. No, we're doing we're not doing that. Hawks, come on. He got, he got, he got two sycophants. I, I was just about to describe Hawks' <laughs> leadership style. Self-preservation, right? I would say it would be calm and consistent would be the uh, would be what, what Good style, be, just, be described as. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Jack? I, I love a good vision. So I think, you know, I try <laughs> and live up to it. I just ask my team whether I do or not. Um, but yeah, that visionary side is, is the thing that gets me up every morning. Awesome. I think I play very close to my values. So I'd probably say direct, fair and empathetic. I would say. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but we, we had some empathy. Uh, there. Yeah. There's going to be definitely direct. Um, no, it was more that I we hadn't checked each other's, and I had thought about mine, and I wrote direct and collaborative. So you can see how this really works. Oh, you're actually, rubbing off on each other. Actually, I would say authentic and authentic. collaborative. I'm going nice. to change it at the last minute. 
and Hawks, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I realise there's heap, heaps I don't know. So uh, my, my, my style is, is uh, drawing on the expertise of others around me. Uh, I think I have a, a listening and collaborative uh, uh, leadership style and, and very, very aware of my own gaps and where I need to lean, lean on uh, colleagues. Awesome. How, why has the group been so successful? Because you in, you're incredibly successful, consistent. Keep going. I know, no, <laughs> I know clients that just rave about your performance and, constantly. And humble. You've missed humble. humble. You've missed humble. I miss the humble part. <laughs> but don't you think that it's just solid, consistent, always deliver and you're there. So what's the secret to that, if there is a secret? I think the consistency and, and steady approach to growth has been a cornerstone of the group on my watch the 10 odd years uh, that we give the holding company enough to keep the holding company happy and continually invest in capability so that uh that 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 desire to keep growing what we're offering uh we're offering clients is is paramount i think creating the right cultures in, in internally and uh, and, a, and a, a focus on the humans has, has always been a, a a big part of our business but then i think the the structure between the component agencies within the group, within the component capabilities in the group, and creating a culture of collaboration, where the the motiv the motivations of collaboration are, are clear and well and well defined, and not about uh, and respected, I mean, and respected and valued, and, 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 and not about EBIT EBIT driving or or uh, that that really it is about creating better outcomes. For clients and that's going to be found in pockets of expertise and then north stars that we can all lean to, lean into such as transparency and taking a leadership stance on, on on transparency i think has been very galvanizing and motivating for for all constituents uh and citizens of uh, of omg i was going to say actually transparency is probably why i've stayed at omd for as long as i have and i work for analect in the uk so across markets for me it's knowing that you can turn up and you're doing the right thing for the right reasons for your client. And I think that's why we have the talent that we attract, but also the talent that we retain. Stability. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Retention. And that transparency Definitely. thing for me is, yeah, absolutely key to that. I think it's, for me, it's Hawks' kind of first point, which is like consistency, right? I think we have had a very long standing strategic approach and everything that we take on if it be like how do we apply ai to our business it's on this exactly the same lens that we've had for the past what 10 years it's just consistent and it you kind of know like ai as an example could be it's quite it can be quite scary for depending who you're speaking on people going what does it mean for my career what does it mean for my livelihood what does it mean for my business but again with the consistent approach which is transparent which is kind of unpacking things, demystifying, which is just who we are as kind of OMG, it really takes a lot of the sting out of the potential tail of that and actually starts energizing people. That's why like, I'm part of this business because it's consistent, transparent, and very, it's consistent in just how we operate, which really takes a lot of the ambiguity away from for everyone. Yeah, for me, it's it's evolution constantly. Um, we talk a lot about change, but there, there are businesses that don't change. They're still playing the old cards all of the time. They talk a good game in a pitch, but the reality is sometimes it doesn't follow through. But I think with that evolution, there has to be strong values. And 
the reason why I'm proud to work for OMG is that we do the right thing. We do the right thing for our people. We do the right things for our clients, the industry at a large. Like we're constantly evaluating those things. And, you know, the outcome of that commercially is is beneficial and, and that that sustains our position constantly in market um and you feel good about it and that's that's really important for us as leaders totally mark uh, i think they've answered the question i'll just yeah. be building on it for uh for the sake of it <laughs> yes okay one last question if you could change one thing mark i'll stay with you what would that be one thing you could change in the industry uh, I would change the Besides level. Besides uh, Hogs's, you know, trophy cabinet or yeah, power, yeah. power list or. Humility. So there's two things I'd change. I'd change Hogs's cycling wardrobe, which would be one thing. Um, <laughs> could, and be, then, could be worse, could be lycra. <laughs> it could be lycra, it could be worse. Um, and then the, uh, the slightly more seriously, the other thing I would change would be. Um, the complexity of metrics that people now measure things by. I think there are so many things that people can measure. And I think often our industry values and measures things that are completely pointless. And I would like people to focus on the valuable, um, not the, uh, the not valuable the, metrics, the valuable metrics, not the vanity metrics. Yeah. Fair enough. Good point. Um, probably for me would be more around sort of. The way that we're valued, um, particularly, I think, when procurement is is involved in the conversation, I think it it is improving. But you're still getting those sort of moments, particularly, obviously, within um, new business the where it's scenario, yeah, yeah, and and you know where the biz, you know where we're going, you know everything that we've talked about earlier about being consultants, advising clients, that that's counterintuitive. I've got an ironic perspective given Ooh, like, like MJ, I'm very competitive. I, I fundamentally think that if we're going to, one thing I'd change is the fact that I think at the moment we're letting competitiveness within the industry get in the way of progress for all. Like I think there are some really big rocks that we're all facing into from like talent, like hiring talent, how we navigate kind of sustainability and AI application. And I just think we too far, like too quickly run into the fact that this is going to be an individual USP. We're all going to go off in a million different directions, create a million different metrics. And it's really hard to drive kind of progress or industry change for all. Yeah. And I think the one area that I'm really passionate about is sustainability. And it's interesting because I think this is where the industry coming together on the topics that really matter. Makes sense. Can it, yeah, exactly. And that's where actually how do we respond to the challenge collectively and actually accelerate the outcome? Um, and I think there's a lot of PR headlines happening at the moment and you kind of look under the bonnet and you're like, is that transparent in terms of how we could collectively come together? Um, I think the UK have done a good job with the IPA. So they had the um, the charter that they put together about three or four years ago, which was the entire industry and how they work with transparent carbon calculators and something that everyone signed up to together. And I think they've made some real progress over the last three or four years. And I think that's something, having spoken to Sophie Madden at the MFA, is perfect for We Are The Changers. Like, how do we really get behind that and collectively agree? As on an industry. The, exactly. What are the yeah. right measures? What are the right initiatives? What are we signing up to so that we can all go out there and speak to our clients and speak to our people and get to that ad net zero ambition? Um, much faster than potentially we're doing now. I think I'd um, I'd explode the myth that um, periodic 
pitching is equates with good governance. That um, so much IP is destroyed. Um, if if a client has a good service structure, you know we invest in good service structure and delivery for clients, and then a contract comes up and procurement's told us we got it, we've got to go and go and test the market. But we'll don't worry, we'll control it. It you know we're 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 so happy. Sorry, we have to go through this. And um, pitches are chaos, yes. and they spiral out of control, and they turn into lying competitions. And and bef- before you know it, great structures have been uh, have been detonated, and and people put through the mangle. Um, an enormous cost on both, to, both to, sides, yeah. on, on on both sides. So I think you know if. Uh, if if you if you have a good service structure that's delivering for you, cherish it. If you have one that's under delivering uh, for you, throw it to the walls. But the, the notion of uh, cherish and value the one you have, yeah, very good point. Anyone like to add anything else? Otherwise, heavy hitters from OMG. That's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Heavy Hitters, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit follow for all future episodes. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast.